I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey, White Sox fans, it's Crystal O'Keefe with episode 27 of Visiting Dugout, brought to you by the Southside Sox, a part of Fans First Sports Network. Today on the show, I have my friend and podcast host, podcast co-host, Justin Havlock. You might know Justin from, again, our podcast, Outpitch Pod, or if you're associated with Pitcher List or QB List in any way. So, Justin, hello, welcome, please introduce yourself. Hi. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Justin Havelock. For those of you that don't know me, I'm an editor and a staffer at PitcherList, like Crystal mentioned. I'm one of the moderators in our PL Plus Discord. So if you've been in there before, you've definitely seen me around. And if not, come stop in sometime and say hi. It's a real good time. And we just really spend most of our time just talking about baseball. Yeah, it's a pretty cool place. All right. So, Justin, you are, you know, here for your Blue Jays, you're up in Canada, and you're in a really tough division. So I hosted Ed Hand recently to talk about the Red Sox and how tough that AL East is as a division anyway. The Blue Jays are sitting at 529, still in fourth place, 11 games back. So what is your take on kind of this? LA East conglomerate and even more specifically, like what's going on in Toronto? Yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely been a very frustrating season for Blue Jays fans. Um, may not seem that bad when you look at the record, but like you said, the AL East is very, very tough this year, as it very often is. And I know a lot of Blue Jays fans are feeling very disappointed by what this team has done when you look at the team on paper versus the results that we've had. 
Um, obviously, there have been a little bit of a struggle with Alec Manoa getting sent down to the minors. Um, and, you know, Vladimir Guerrero is not having his usual season, although he came just short of an all-star nod this year anyways. But there's just a lot of frustration, I think, right now in Toronto. And I think more so a lot of confusion as to where this team is going and what we need in order to get right. Because like I said, this looks like a very good team on paper. Yeah. The White Sox also looked like a very good team on paper, though. <laughs> so That's do true. you do you see them improving by, sep- like by September? Yeah. Yeah, I think the offense is still a really good offense. And I think the Jays are probably still one of the more balanced teams in baseball when you look at both offense and defense. I was looking today at some potential trade deadline moves, and I'm like, there's not really – too many bats that you could add that would make this roster better because anybody that you can add is going to take either a really good bat or a really good glove out of the lineup. So I think Vladdy has a good second half and Bo keeps hitting the way he's been hitting Springer in the leadoff spot and that elite defense led by Kevin Kiermeyer and the rest of the team. I, I think the, Jays can really turn it around. It's the pitching that seems to be the real question mark, especially the bullpen. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you just mentioned Vlad, so that I have something about him. He is back in the home run derby for the first time since 2019. Are you super excited? Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see Vlad back there. I mean, he's such an entertaining and fun young player to watch, and He loves to hit home runs. I know there's been some concern that he's not been hitting like his usual self, as I mentioned, but I think this could be the perfect opportunity for him to just treat it like batting practice Mm -hmm. and just start knocking balls out of the park and having fun. Because that's one thing I've noticed with Vlad this season is that he seems to be very frustrated, which is normal with baseball players, such a long season, emotions get high. But Vlad, like I said, he's such a fun-loving guy. He's the heart of the clubhouse. So I think the game's gotten away from him a little bit in terms of just having fun out there on the field. And this could be a great time for him to refocus, have a bit of fun at the home run derby, talk to some other players around the league, and hopefully come back with that MVP caliber player that we know he can be. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of MVP caliber, who... Who is your MVP candidate right now if you had to pick one on the Blue Jays? Yeah, so this is definitely going to be letting some of my bias in here. And <laughs> um, I'm sure people in our PL Plus Discord are already familiar with the case I've been making all season for Matt Chapman as AL MVP. Um, he's definitely been struggling over the last mm-hmm. month, cooled after a really, really nice start to the year. But he's... He's such a talented player on both sides, and he's got just power for days. I know he was also somebody that was a bit of a late addition last year, literally in the middle of spring training. The Jays traded to get him, and he never seemed like he really had his feet right under him in the first half. And in the second half, he looked a lot more settled and just went on an absolute tear. Like a lot of the balls he was hitting in the first half just died right at the warning track. And then this year, he just, sorry, late last year, he just 
like I said, he came out swinging, was hitting lots of home runs, and started off this year really, really hot. Those changes in the ballpark in Toronto, I think, really favor a hitter like Chapman, and I think that's something he could just pick right, pick up right where he left off. It's only been a bad month for him when you look at the numbers. Yeah. So on the other end of that, who would you put on the trading block? Yeah, this is this is the much more difficult side because, like I said, it's a really good team on paper, so it's difficult to figure out where the real kind of struggle is. What, what I would say is just kind of preying on the weak link. Um, Danny Jansen is actually who I would go for. I, I think the Jays need to make some changes behind the plate that might be able to start some spark something with the pitching and he's not really contributing offensively like people have wanted him to. He's definitely shown flashes of it, but he seems like that sort of trademark could really break out with another team kind of player. And I think if the Jays were to be able to swap him out for another catcher, which of course is much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. um, but if we could swap him out with another catcher, maybe this could really spark a new direction. I was just looking this morning at some bats that, the Jays might be able to add at the deadline that might make an impact without shaking up the whole roster. And the one that really caught my eye was Salvador Perez in Kansas city, because they're a team that's going to be stripping things down as they continue that rebuild and the veteran presence that he brings and the, all that ability defensively behind the plate. I, I think he could be the kind of player that the Jays really need to add to get right. That's completely fair. So this is still, you know, obviously Blue Jays related. Please don't mind the fireworks. We are so close to Independence Day as we're recording. Um, Roger Center went under a really huge, really awesome remodel. So, and I know we, we've talked about this, obviously, on the other podcast and just kind of over Discord too, but, you know, break it down, like the best food, the best new features, or just kind of whatever you really love about this remodel, because I am just dying to get up there and check it out myself. Yeah, it's it's really fantastic. And especially while the Jays are one of the newer ballparks in baseball, it's been there for about 40 years now. It, it was really, you know, I used to affectionately call it the parking lot, because <laughs> when you're walking up the ramps, it's just all concrete slabs and very basic looking if you didn't know where you were, you would think you were inside of a parking lot walking around the Sky Dome. And it really looks a lot better now, a lot more fun. And I know this is just kind of the first wave of changes. They've got more planned for this offseason as well. So far, I think probably the brightest um, new addition has been the changes they've made in the outfield, adding these cool new outfield bars and live music at a DJ some days, and it really just makes it a lot more fun, especially because the outfield seats traditionally have sort of been like the cheap seats in Toronto. You know, if you really don't want to have to spend up, but you don't want to sit 500 level, you know, it always kind of had that vibe of um, just like a real kind of budget Jays experience. And now the outfield is the place to be when you're going to a Jays game. Um, I've seen many games that I walk in and there's not many people in the seats and I'm thinking, oh, maybe it's not going to be that busy of a game today. And then I walk into the outfield to grab a bite to eat or a drink and it's just packed. This is where everyone's hiding. 
everyone's grabbing food. Um, you mentioned there's a lot of really fun new food options. My favorite so far has been the uh, banh mi sandwich the Jays have, which is absolutely delicious. And I really love because it shows the diversity in the culture that is in Toronto. And the food always used to be very basic with, you know, hot dogs and poutine. And, you know, it's okay, but Toronto is such a multicultural city and has some really, really good restaurants. So, um, yeah, it's absolutely delicious. Definitely something to check out. And like I said, I love how much it shows the diversity of the city. Yeah. Although now you can also get poutine on your hot dog. Still some basic things. I don't even eat hot dogs, but I would consider trying that. All right. So I have just a few silly, mostly silly questions from Twitter before it decided to like break down. Uh, the first one is, what conditioner do you think Bo uses? Uh, see, that's a tough one because I've been seeing for quite some time that I'm shocked nobody's got them doing commercials for hair products. Um, I'd go with Pantene because that's just what I picture him in, those kind of classic Pantene commercials, um, maybe even like a riff off of the Old Spice thing that, you know, he's in the shower and he's using his girlfriend's conditioner and she's like, hey, that's mine. Like, I... Pantene is just kind of the first thing that comes to mind because it just, it just looks so soft. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the shampoo brand because Troy Palomalo, when he was on the Steelers, used to do commercials because he's just got this gorgeous, gorgeous hair. So I can't remember the name of it, but Bo always comes to mind when I also think of him. Beautiful hair. We're kind of obsessed with him, a lot of us down here. This one... This one's actually a little more serious, but they also asked, asked a snide question. So he said, as a Jays and NL Central podcaster, the obvious question is why both Toronto and St. Louis are not moving early in the trade market to fix their pitching. Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. Um, I think the sort of easy answer there is that they're still sort of evaluating what they have exactly with Alec Manoa and more so really what they can expect out of him rest of the season. Is this going to be something that is going to linger and he's going to need maybe another couple of weeks in the minor leagues and comes up as a rotate uh, in the rotation or just sort of occupying more of a three, four inning role or can he actually get back to what he has been so far in the major leagues? Um, I, I do think that is the right idea, though. I think the Blue Jays need to be making a move now um, on the trade market. I really hope that's what they've been doing and why we haven't seen any transactions from within the organization. Um, Trevor Richards right now is really carrying the workload as, you know, sort of the fifth starter slash bullpen day guy. And I'm just really worried that the Jays don't already have the greatest bullpen. If they continue to put so much pressure on this bullpen that it's just going to completely blow up in the second half as these guys start to wear out. Because, I mean, even just today, Kevin Gaussman was pulled in the fifth inning after he was absolutely cruising. And I saw a lot of people wondering why not leave him in for a quality start. And, I don't think those people were wrong. They're really taxing the bullpen 
And I think adding another starter could really take some of that pressure off. It's like really trading for a starter and a reliever if you can save those bullpen arms some extra innings. Yeah, that makes sense. This was the snide comment. Again, the White Sox do play the Cardinals right after. So these are directed to both of you. But um, who gets fired first, Marmel or Atkins? Oh, um, I mean, as a Blue Jays fan, I certainly hope it's John Schneider. I never really got on that train. And, you know, I was not happy when Charlie Montoya was fired. I was very surprised that the Jays kept him on um, and gave him a contract in the offseason. And then now I know he hasn't even been the manager for a year and already so much of Jays Nation sort of wants his head on a spike already. And that's from a team with a winning record. Um, but I, I literally just put out a meme today saying John Schneider is the American League Ollie Marmel. Changed my mind. Yeah, <laughs> he is. And this one I just got a kick out of because I think your story about um, going back to Toronto for pride. Does anyone in Toronto actually miss Anthony Bass? <laughs> Oh, gosh, I, I don't know. I, I really don't think so. Because um, I, I mean, I know there were some folks on Twitter that were sort of sticking up for him. But uh, it seemed to be reserved for the Twitter space. When I was at that first game that he pitched after making the comments that he made, um, the entire ballpark, it felt like was booing him. And those boos lasted for most of the inning, which is quite a long period of time to be able to sustain that kind of crowd noise. I know I've seen, you know, the wave die out a couple of times after just a few loops around the ballpark. So he was definitely quite unpopular here after making the comments that he made. And I'm not really sure anybody misses him. Maybe if he's got some family up here, but I don't think he does. I'm still really sad that he was DFA'd right before you got there, so you couldn't boo him. Yeah, leaving him in for the Pride Night game would have definitely have been interesting and maybe even a little bit entertaining to watch, but ultimately they did make the right call, I think. Yes, they absolutely did. That would have just been a nightmare. All right, we're going to take just a very quick break to pay some bills. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, you're watching me be awkward and vamp. 
All right, welcome back. I'm Crystal O'Keefe. Again, I'm here with Justin. We are going to talk about this upcoming Blue Jays White Sox series that happens to start on Independence Day of all days to play Canada, which is wonderful. And we'll be up north for this. Uh, so these pitching matchups, they, they look pretty good. Um, Lucas Giolito is going up against Chris Bassett the first day. Was he a Bri Ho I wanted to say a Brayu. Jose Brias against Lance Lynn. Uh, Thursday, no clue who the White Sox starter is going to be because we currently have three starters. Michael Kopech just landed on the injured list. So, obviously, ERA can only say so much. So, what can you tell me about these matchups? I think you you know from me that Lance Lynn has not been great, but the last couple games he's picked it up, and Lucas has has been pretty decent again. So, what about your end? Yeah, um, Jose Barrios, I know, is one that has really been struggling on the road this year, uh, but he has been so dominant at home when you look at his home road splits and over the last couple of weeks as i talked about on our podcast actually he's really looking like he's starting to pick up the pace on the road and um, i know his babbit was really high so there's a possibility that maybe it was just a bit of bad luck i know he was lit up early in the season by the kansas city royals on the road who somehow mysteriously seemed to be doing that to like every ace in baseball weirdly um, so it looks like Barrios has sort of settled down and has really found his groove. But as we were talking about in Pitcherless the other day, the strikeouts have gone down a little bit. So I think that's the big thing I'd be watching with Barrios is this, you know, another like six inning, three strikeout day from him. Um, there's a chance that he doesn't miss a lot of White Sox bats and, I know you guys have a lot of players who love to swing and miss. So mm -hmm. that would be a very interesting matchup to watch. Yeah, that should be. I will say Lance got, you know, he matched his career high 16 strikeouts in a game and they still lost, which is humiliating. <laughs> um, and, you know, we just got beat up by the athletics. We won a single game and we almost completely blew it. Um, it ended up being eight to seven and there was like an eight to three and eight to five lead at one point. So, you know, we're doing great. So with that said, what are your keys for the Blue Jays to take this series from the White Sox? Yeah, I, I think the first key is one that I've already mentioned. Like I said, they need to get more innings from the starting rotation so that this bullpen doesn't wear out. Um, Kevin Gaussman going five innings against the White Sox. And, you know, especially when no offense, but the offense has been struggling a little bit. Um, we, we can't do that to our best pitcher in the rotation right now. Um, they need the starters to be able to go six or seven innings or things will unravel very, very quickly, much like they did for the Jays against the Red Sox this weekend. So... Um, I think letting the rotation go deep. And uh, the other big one I would say is runners in scoring position, because this is where the Jays offense has really, really struggled. 
Uh, they are one of the best offenses in all of baseball while simultaneously being last in leaving runners on base. So if they can get some guys not only on base, but actually drive some runs in early instead of just leaving it all for like the eighth, ninth inning seems to be where they're best at finally getting guys in. Um, yeah, I, I think they could really turn some of those matchups into a blowout as long as they're not just stranding runners. Yeah, I understand that all too well. The second game in the A series, they loaded the bases at least three times and only one run came out of any of those times. So. Yeah, it's definitely a p painful feeling to watch too as a fan. Oh, yes. So who is the biggest threat on the Blue Jays right now, at least for the White Sox? Yeah, I think the biggest threat right now is probably uh, the player that it has been for most of this season with Bo Bichette. Um, he's been hitting just so well this season and consistently, which I think is the real key here for Bo because that's what he struggled with uh, early in his career was, you know, he, he hit very well when he was first called up as a prospect, but then he struggled to stay consistent and, really had to work on his swing to get to where he is now. So I think the biggest threat is probably Bo with what he brings to the table with the bat, with, you know, hitting for average, hitting for power, being as fast as he is, and then bringing that glove as well and being able to take away, take away runs, take away men on base, and, you know, hopefully close out some innings for the Blue Jays. Yeah. Do you have any fears heading into this series? Uh, um, yeah, I, I think, like I said, the, the biggest fear for me is just not letting those starters go deep. Um, having, you know, Yusei Kikuchi, who has been so good this year and really seems to have cranked it up lately, you know, having him go four or five innings, I think would be one of my biggest fears because... I saw this play out with Kevin Gaussman today that he he put the Jays in a really good spot. We were up 4-3, and then John Schneider pulled the Ollie Marmol move and took him out of the game, and the bullpen blew the lead. So I, I fear if we do the same thing with, you know, Barrios or Kikuchi this week, then uh, that could really get scary when you put it on the bullpen. I mean, a lot of these starters are getting paid very hefty contracts so mm -hmm. use them i will say that last game is probably going to be a bullpen game <laughs> um today we started tukey no hate i love him but it's, it's getting rough when that's that's your fifth starter because you don't you don't well your fourth starter because you don't have anybody so you know he might actually have an easy game for that last series yeah, that bullpen game is is definitely concerning. I think the Jays need to be hunting on the market for sort of our own version of Tukey, who can, you know, slide between the rotation and the bullpen as the Jays need him. Yeah. All right. Well, we that's the series, at least. That's what I've got for you. So this is where I like to just break it down and talk about 
your thoughts for the season. I know, you know, we break it down a lot and kind of who our underdogs are or the teams that are having a lot of fun. So tell us, tell our listeners how you're feeling if they haven't listened to it already. Um, I'm honestly, I'm feeling very excited. I know I mentioned earlier in the podcast, a lot of frustration with Jay's nation and especially around John Schneider, but I'm very excited to see what the Blue Jays can do the rest of the season. This is such a good team full of so many fun to watch players. And the Jays have a lot of talent that we haven't even gotten to see much of yet this season. Um, there are a lot of prospects within the farm system, like Addison Barger and Otto Lopez, who haven't been called up yet and could be very entertaining players to watch. And then even some of the guys we've already sort of been dabbling with. I know the Jays have already called up Spencer Horwitz and Nathan Lucas was up to start the season, but even Nathan Lucas was only in a bench role. I think he only started two games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, pinch hit a lot and was a great pinch runner, but um, having a chance to actually let these young guys start and get them into games, I think, is really going to be quite entertaining to see what they can do and could really help throw teams off balance when you're sitting there on the other side and trying to prep for what the Jays can throw at you and a lineup that is already relatively scary one to nine. And then you start mixing in a little bit of Spencer Horwitz or calling Nathan Lucas up or, you know, just shuffling these young guys around, especially when rosters expand in September I'm really, really excited to see what the Blue Jays have in store for us. Yeah. Do you have an underdog or do you have kind of a prediction for who might go all the way? Spencer Horwitz right now is the one that has really caught my eye, especially because it was sort of an unexpected call up to me at first. Um, it seems like he was just sort of filling in while Brandon Belt was on the I.L., and that he's just sort of occupying that similar, you know, lefty DH, um, middle to bottom of the order bat. But he's got a ton of power and has shown some really good plate discipline in the minor leagues. Like I said, he was just filling in for Brandon Belt, so he didn't really get much run in Toronto. I instantly ran out in a couple of my leagues to pick him up and then like a day or two later, he'd already been sent back down to the minors because Belt was back. But he's a really interesting one, especially because I haven't heard a lot of hype around him yet. So a lot of people probably aren't paying that much attention to him. And he's a guy who can play a couple of different spots in the lineup too that, you know, like I said, he, he was primarily the DH, but he can back flat up at first base. And uh, I believe he was also playing left field a little bit in the minors looks like they're trying to figure out some ways that they could get him into the lineup more often in Toronto. So, you know, if he comes up again and is hitting seven, eighth, ninth in one of the league's best offenses, I think he's just a really exciting young player that isn't getting the hype that he deserves yet. Yeah, that's fair. Well, that's what I've got for you. This is where you plug your socials because you are all over the place like I am. So I want to make sure we can all follow along. Yeah, for sure. So you can follow me on Twitter at Justin. 
um, and uh, the podcast that Crystal and I do at the Outpitch Pod. Um, don't forget to check that out. The Outpitch Podcast is something I know you and I have had a lot of fun working on this year, and we've got some really fun and exciting stuff coming up this month that people will definitely want to tune in for. So uh, be sure to check that out. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh list Discord as well. Uh, check out PL Plus. Come hang out with us. It's a real fun time. Most days we're just sitting in there, watching games, hanging out, talking about what's going on on the field. And it's personally something I find so helpful because you've got people watching so many different games at once. I don't have to do what I do sometimes with football where I've got three, four different games on at once and I'm trying to watch red zone and keep an eye on every screen at the same time. I can just sit there and enjoy my blue Jays. And if something else fun happens, somebody else is going to bring it up. So it's a lot of fun and definitely check that out too. Yes, for sure. Um, we have a blast on Outpitch Pod, and I just love, even if I don't get heavily involved, I just love looking in on the Pitcher List Discord because it's always a good time. So for sure, check us out on both. Well, thank you, Justin. Best of luck. I messed up and said they were going north. They're actually Toronto. They're coming down here. So <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I hope they enjoy Chicago. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so best of luck and that's all. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great mm -hmm. to do this. And, um, I, I know I'll see you again soon when we do our next episode of the Outpitch Pod. <laughs> Probably tomorrow. <laughs> all right. Yep.